my heart in my hotaka. Welcome to the panel on RNZ National Call Wallace Chapman Tokuingawa. And coming up on the program, the aged care sector is still thousands of nurses short. Back in May, the aged care association uh, said they wanted to uh, have more nurses. Uh, a scheme was put in place, but months later they're still short. That just after four. People are trading down due to costs and trading down to less healthy options. That on the show around quarter past four. And we didn't get to fit this in yesterday, but apparently it's becoming more popular for people in relationships and marriages to refer to each other as my partner. Is that a bit joyless, a bit humdrum? What about significant other? Someone wrote him, I've wrestled for years what to call my partner of 26 years. Here's my, he's my beloved or my cuddle muffin. So we discussed that. And magpie season, cyclists are feeling it. Do you have a magpie story for us? My little boy is absolutely in fear of them due to being dive-bombed while eating his sammies at the local park. Text me, 2101. You can email the panel at rnz.co.nz. And our guest this afternoon, Dr. Palmjeet Pamar, businesswoman, former member of parliament and former families commissioner, Palmjeet Kiora. Welcome to the panel. Oh, great to be on. And David Slack, writer of the Daily Substack newsletter, More Than a Field in Ketapahekwe. David, how are you? Never better, and thanks for asking. Nice to have you both on. So David Slack and Palmjeet Pamar with me today. This first, though, research shows that one in ten people are workaholics. While we often use that word a little bit whimsically, perhaps, for some people it is an addiction. We've all been having a conversation with a friend and noticed their mind starting to wander, distracted because they're thinking about that meeting in the morning or that email they forgot to send. It's seen as such an issue globally that Aotearoa will be taking part in a study with over 50 other countries to nail down what exactly work addiction is and the effects it can have on a person's life. With us is clinical psychologist Dr. Dougal Sutherland. Uh, Dougal, kia ora. Good to have you on. Kia ora, Wallace. Thanks for having me. I think that many listening to this might recognise a little bit of addiction in them. For example, when I read the, uh, the article here, peering at your phone, sneaking to the toilet to send emails, I thought, oh my goodness, that's me. <laughs> that is me. Yeah, it, it, it could it could be many of us. There's, yeah. it, it's a good way to test it out. Really, how often are you on are you on your are you on your device before you get out of bed in the morning? Are you on your device when you're in bed at night? Uh, are you working in the evenings? Are you working in the toilet? I think those are really good yeah. uh, sort of little telltale signs. And I didn't see it as an issue, but when I read this, I thought. Maybe we have to have a bit of a quarter on this on the panel because, you know, it's not a normal thing. In fact, it's damn weird to be doing that. But in a nutshell, what is work addiction? Well, I guess it's that it's that situation that people find themselves in when they just can't get enough of work or they can't perhaps they can't escape from work. So they're working almost 24-7, um, you know, and, and as I say, you know, that you're, in, you're working in bed in the morning, you're working in bed at night, um, you're doing late hours, you're working all the hours that God gives you, um, all the weekend hours as well. Um, interestingly, too, I think you might find that people who are really addicted to work might throw themselves into sort of um, social activities or kids' sports activities really uh, fervently, almost as if they're trying to make up for that time that they're not oh. spending with their family, um, you know. Um, so, so I think there are lots of little telltale signs that we should look out for. Palmjeet, do you recognise this 
in yourself, what about you? <laughs> Definitely. And I, I have a different view. I mean, um, uh, will be great to hear you, uh, your view, doctor, that, um, you know, I think a bit of addiction is a good thing because that helps you deliver what you want to deliver at workforce, the kind of, you know, uh, um, the nature of work that we are in, most of us that we are here. And also depends on, like, for example, if you are, for example, working as a retailer, okay, fine, you leave the store, that's fine, it's, you can switch off. But if you're in a kind of work like Wallace, you mentioned, um, and, you know, maybe some of us, we really want to know what's happening around in the world, what's happening locally, and what's happening in business so that we are able to respond in 24 to 48 hours. Well, I want to know what's yeah. happening, but I get damn tired. Really, <laughs> yes, really tired. Yes. Yeah. So I, I think a bit of addiction, not too much, in my view, is actually not a bad Dougal? thing. Yeah, no, look, look, there's some truth in that. We know that a moderate amount of stress is really useful for getting us focused and, and getting us working and, and keeping us on target. Uh, I think what we find with some people, though, is that they, they can't switch off. They, they keep going, they keep going, they keep going. And, and you know, oh, I'll do an 80-hour week this week, and then three weeks later that's become the norm. And it doesn't allow people enough time to recover. And um, over time that's a very wearing thing on them and not great for their mental health. I'm sort of inextricably interwoven because uh, Pamji's right. Uh, my work is writing about the world, and so when I'm not writing about it, I'm also reading about it, and that's pre- that's preparing me for it. I'm I'm forever wanting to find out what's happening, and I and I don't find that an intrusion into my rest particularly. Um, I suppose I'm inclined to just switch off altogether if I'm too tired, as as you said before, or maybe I, I escape into fiction. So I'm still reading, but, I, but, but there's, there's certainly a different process right. going on. I just had a thought, though. I got it modelled, I suppose, from growing up on a farm on, on the whole notion of your work and your, and, and your rest all inextricably intertwined because a farm never stops going and then you're in, you're in and out of the, depending on what's hat, what time of year it is. And, and so you, you kind of see the whole thing blending, but... I, I don't know that you're necessarily addicted if you're interwoven, is, is my point. It, it's, it's, if you're still prepared to turn your gaze away and do something else, you're, probably, you're maybe okay. I certainly don't see an email from yeah, the toilet. Yeah, okay, so, <laughs> well, <laughs> where do I go from that? It's very rare, but uh, such is the nature of... Uh, something might be happening that, you know, you do need a five-minute respite, and there we have Fair it. That's, that's, that's the yeah. circumstance. I guess, too, Dr. Sutherland, that in many cases, it will be economic necessity, not a particular mindset about work, which will be the force behind working longer or harder. Yeah, that's true. I think that's a really good thing to point out is that for some people, working multiple jobs and working all the time mm. is, is cause what they have to do to put bread yeah. on the table. And that wouldn't be an addiction. That would be out of sheer necessity. Um, going back to David's point, though, I think there, you know, there are a couple, we sometimes talk about people who are integrators and people who are segregators. And, and perhaps growing on a, up on a farm, you learnt to be an integrator. You integrated your um, relaxing time with your work time and you figured out how to do it. Um, whereas segregators tend to be fairly, you know, I'm either at work or I'm at home. And there's probably a sweet spot between the two um, where you can have some flexibility to work from home if you need to and, and the flexibility to put things down during the day if you want to and, and take some time for yourself. And I think it's about getting that balance between those two. Is it... An issue that is worth uh, a bit of research on, a bit of focus. This is quite a big study, it seems, uh, 50 other countries involved as well to nail down what work addiction is. 
Yeah, look, I think it is one of those areas. You know, anecdotally, as you said at the, at the top of the story, that you know many of us have, have sort of identified with it in some way, shape, or form. So I think it's a good a good thing to research to get a handle on actually what is this and how real is it and how many of us does it affect and what are the side effects and what are the signs of it. So I think it's a good area to be delving into to understand more about what it's like, especially post COVID, where some of our work habits have really just exploded out and we and we're working in a whole new way now. So just finally, um, Duke, for those who might be listening going, oh, that does sound a little bit like me, are there any, um, not fixes, but remedies perhaps, or um, advice for those who are afflicted by work addiction tendencies? Look, I think one really simple thing for people who are working at home sometimes is to make some sort of clear boundaries, some clear space where they're working, where it's a workspace at home, and that they're able to pack that down at night or when they've finished. So there's not the temptation to just sneak back and check your laptop or sneak back and have oh, a look yes. at that. Or so, so having a clearly designated workspace that you can pack out and pack in again. Uh, is one really helpful thing if you're working at home. Oh, that's a great tip. Thank you, Dr. Uh, Dougal Sutherland, the clinical psychologist. Uh, that is a good tip. So you've got mm. those um, delineated areas, Parmajit. You've got... Yeah. Um, I, I'm just thinking it will depend on the kind of uh, workforce they will survey because depending on what kind of work they are in. Uh, so we don't... I mean, if we're talking to just us here, we will look like like all New Zealanders are obsessed with work. But there will be some others, those who can completely switch off. So I think it, the, right. the outcome of this survey will depend on people they will pick to do this survey because it's quite subjective in a way. Yes. And... Um, like nature of work, uh, you know, just remember, you know, when uh, the queen passed away, prime minister said she was asleep and her staff was trying to get hold of her. And so staff was still up texting the prime minister to alert her about mm. the queen passing away. And then one of the premier house staff had to shine torchlight into her room yes. to wake her up. So, you know, like it depends what kind of job you have. Right. Isn't it? Yep. Uh, this sounds like what most small businesses have to do Currently, says Danny. Meanwhile, a bit of response regarding uh, magpies. Uh, we talk about that toward the end of the program. Uh, random fact, uh, if you bike or walk in a place where magpies attack you, they will always attack you each time they see you. <laughs> if they do not attack you, they will always leave you alone. They remember specific people. Come on, is this a horror movie? No. This um, chimes, actually. Does it really? Yes, yes. Hold I, that thought. We yes, talk about that at 10 to 5. That's extraordinary. That's, they will always remember you. My goodness. Anyway, magpie text later. Anyway, it's time for I've Been Thinking. Parmjeet Pamar, what's your IBT? Take it away. So when I was watching uh, uh, Queen's funeral service last night, that image of the Queen from the past when uh, Prince Philip's um, funeral service was conducted, uh, that image of the Queen sitting by herself with her mask on uh, yes. kept coming back to my mind again and again. And it was actually a sad recollection. It was just last year. And I thought this this big contrast in the two services that we have seen uh, of royal members, and I fully understand that there is a difference in the status of two royal uh, family members. And that service, so many of uh, you know people around the world could relate to because uh, during that time, people couldn't mourn properly, people couldn't celebrate properly. And then last night's ceremony, I thought, because I love traditions and you ceremonies. Do? Yeah, I love that. And so I thought it was really impressive and really amazing to see that. And as some people have described, it is definitely an end of an era. To me, 
looking at those you know numbers of people uh, at the funeral service and outside the members of general public gathered to me it also looked like it's marking an end of that covid control era I want to mind your thoughts more on that after 4.30 because we talk about that. I watched it and it was just quite an extraordinary thing mm. uh, to witness. But, yeah, you've, you've but, suddenly, I've suddenly remembered, um, David, that image of the Queen alone. Mm. I've forgotten about that until now. Yes, likewise. And, and you're right. There is a comfort in coming together and, mm. and, and um, that was the deprivation of that time. And, right. and people yeah. did feel it keenly, no That's doubt about right. it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. All right, uh, David Slack, I've been... Thinking. Well, this backs in rather nicely to the question you were asking just before about things you can do to switch yourself out of the the workaholism. I've been writing something for Wilderness Magazine on the very many benefits of walking, and I, and I won't give too much away, but next week's issue has plenty to say about the value of walking, and I highly recommend it because it's a damn good <laughs> publication. Anyway... Um, Researching the story, I came upon a Stanford study about the benefits of walking to your creativity, and they had a test. They had a number of tests, but I like this one in particular. These volunteers had to come up with atypical use for everyday objects, like, say, a button or a tyre. And typically, if you if these people um, thought of, came up with the, these uses for objects while they were walking, they came up with four or six more of them than they would if they were just sitting at home seating. In other words... Walking turns the tumblers, and I know this to be true. I'm a huge, um, I have huge confidence that if I'm stuck on something, going for a walk is going to f- turn the tumblers in and get my honor, mind working. In honour of the great stroll. Yes, in yeah, honour of the great. Why do people not walk these days? Texting 2101, do you walk? Do you walk more than two kilometres routinely? Because it's all about e scootering, it's all mm. about taking. The bus, but one never hears often. I'm going to go for a long walk. You or bet. I get from A to B simply by walking. Oh, when's the last uh, time you walked, Palmjeet? I, I have to share this. Like you'll have Please. to be my mentor. Oh, look, <laughs> no, this is walk. be honest. Because, this is the, like, the confessional. Yeah, yeah. So what happened last year? I slipped and fractured my left arm, mm. and since then I'm like so scared to go out when it's wet. Oh, and gee. it has been right. wet like for a very long time. So I'm eagerly waiting for summer to be out there and be able to walk the way I enjoyed. Yeah. When, ve- when did you last sorry. walk? Uh, when did you last walk one kilometer? One kilometer would be last week. Okay. This very thing I've been walking, writing was was talking about the benefit of people getting me walking again after my heart attack, getting me to first walk down to Love my it. friend Anna, got me to walk down to the to the post box just to get me thinking about it again, and. You move from there to more and more walking, and oh, I won't tell the whole in story. In honour of walking. Yep. Mentors mm. are good. Very good. David <laughs> Snack and Palmjit Pamar on the panel with us. Lots to discuss. Stay with us right here until 5pm.